The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Well, hello, everybody. This is Chris. We're Loving That Sports Talk. Uh, I'm going to be your host today. James may be coming on later on today, but otherwise, we're going to have a great show uh, last week, we had a couple guests on. We had Mark and we had Jerry Robinson. We, it was such a great show, we decided, hey, let's bring them back again, you know, kind of see if we can keep things going. So, Mark, how are you today? I'm doing great. It's great to be back. Oh, it's yeah, good to have you, know. you on. Yeah. And, and Jerry, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> That's so good to hear. So, Jerry what, Robinson... Hey, Chris, I'm, sorry, go ahead. I'm in Northern California up here, up here about, oh, 45, uh, maybe 30 miles or so from San Francisco. And I've been, for the last 45 minutes, I've been consoling my neighbors who are diehard 49er fans. So I'm having a pretty good day. <laughs> Trust me, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to get into that. So I, I figured that'd be a good one for you guys to talk about. So uh, just, just to give a little background on Jerry, he's formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles and the L.A. Raiders. L.A. Raiders, not the Oakland Raiders, L.A. Raiders. Uh, and uh, he's, he's, we've had him on a few times. He always has a lot of good things to contribute. Last week, Mark was on for the first time, and I was like, wow, you two were just doing great. So, you know, let's, let's have another good show, guys. Yeah, don't jinx this, all right? But, uh, yeah, it should be good. Good. So, I love that. So, all right, guys, we're going to get into college football. Okay, so yesterday uh, the college football playoff committee met to set the initial playoff rankings. You know, the rankings are based on championships won, strength of schedule, head-to-head competition, uh, comparative outcomes of common opponents. Some critics feel uh, that the committee will only care about brand names to sell tickets and draw a TV audience. <coughs> Others feel that there is an East Coast bias. What is your opinion on this, and do you think that this new system will work in the long run? Either one of you guys um, jump in. Okay, I'll start. Um, yeah, I, uh, I was. I, I can't say that I was surprised when I saw the rankings. Um, <laughs> I certainly, as we kind of touched on last week, I think there's an inherent bias to certain teams and um, leagues, uh, namely the SEC. Um, I understand to a certain degree. Uh, you putting teams up towards the top that have had a more difficult schedule, um, and, and I guess in, in regards to leaving Baylor out of the top four, I, I kind of understand that in a lot of ways. I mean, they have a their strength of schedule is so 
so bad, and uh, they really have not played anyone. And yeah, they've dominated every single game by a, by a pretty wide margin. But um, yeah, I guess the team that I was a little bit surprised with was, was uh, having Alabama at number four. Um, just kind of looking at their schedule, and everybody's kind of touting that they're playing some kind of great schedule, but I don't really see it. I mean, they've they played Wisconsin this year, uh, Texas A&M, and Georgia really are the only three teams that no, I, and Ole Miss, which they lost to. Um, so I thought that they were they were pretty high on that uh, on that list. Jerry, Jerry what do you think of that when you saw it come no, out? I, the, I agree the, with – I'll tell you what, that Alabama location, um, I really wasn't surprised about it because – or by it. Because um, it's Alabama, man. <laughs> yeah, and it's more ex- it, 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 it's more exciting right now that you have Alabama in there because you got people talking about it. you know they shouldn't be number four, they shouldn't be wherever they are. I just think it's very interesting. The most important thing to me is that this is sort of important, but what's really more important as the season starts to come down to a wind. That is the most important part. You know, right now, you know, Clemson's happy, but anything can change. You know, Alabama right. gets to play LSU this week, which it should be. That's going to be a good indication of both of those teams right there, you know, what they're, what they're really about. So, you know, this is the first one out, and there will be right. more, and it would, you know, it, it's going to change. It's not going to stay this way. But right now, they're just giving us a little, as far as I'm concerned, a little taste of what it could be. So it's going to be really right. important for these schools to, you know, when you're supposed to win, you got to win. you got to win big, you know. And when you got to upset, if you can upset somebody, you need to upset somebody. So, you know, out yeah, so now everybody can, don't have to worry about anything. They know where they stand, and they know what they have to do to, to move up. Right. Agreed. But the frustrating part to me, and I know that you're a, kind of a Pac-12 guy, uh, being a UCLA grad and everything, is – you know, just looking at Stanford and Utah even, uh, what are they, 11 and 12 on that list, and it just leaves them no margin for error. I mean, if they lose another game, they're completely out, whereas a team like Alabama, who's already so far up, I mean, if they lose another game, they'll probably drop to like eight or something like that, even though they've got two losses, and it's just it's frustrating to me that, that those same teams kind of just end up creeping their way back up the poles and and leave teams like like uh, Stanford and Utah in the dust, you know. But you know what? You know, Mark. What's interesting about Stanford and Utah is that they had their their moments in the spotlight. Especially Utah. I mean, Utah was in control of a lot of things, and yep. you know, the last couple of weeks it hasn't turned out the way they wanted to. Stanford's situation. I'll put it this way: Alabama. They're going to always, Alabama's going to always be there. They're going to be there. And I agree with you. I, you know, I feel for other teams. Uh, but, you know, that Alabama, you know, you win a couple of national championships like they've had in the last several years, you kind of get like, it seems like a little pass to start off with. So, true. I agree with you. I, I feel bad for Stanford. And, you know, like I said, Stanford and Utah. As a matter of fact, you talk about Pac 12, UCLA was sitting real pretty, and they, you know, they. They had a couple losses, and, you, you know, they got beat. Uh, who was it that beat UCLA that was the uh, concussions here? Help me out, Mark. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. 
I'm, I'm struggling here. Um, Wait a minute, that's all right. They had a couple, you know, they, they had, when they were ranked number seven or number eight, they, they wound up getting, oh, Arizona State. I believe that's what yeah. it was. Okay. Anyway, yeah. that's the way it is. Pac-12, seems like, unless you're Oregon from a year, and year, you know, the past couple of years, you know, you're not going to get any, you're not going to get any love, and Oregon is no longer that powerhouse that they used to be. So, you know, right now it's sitting where it's sitting. So, like I said, it's unfortunate, but right now, for the Pac-12, just take care of business the way they're supposed to take care of business and see where the chips, where they fall. Right. It, so, I, it's so hard you guys, for me to envision a scenario where there's a a one-loss team unless Stanford runs the table. And I, in that event, I do think that they would end up making the playoff. But um, there's, I think the the rest of the way, you know, these guys are going to be kind of cannibalizing each other and, I, I kind of worry. I'd, you know, I'd love to see the Pac-12 represented in there, um, but I, I'm thinking that that's probably not going to happen this year. Um, and same goes kind of for the Big 12, too. Actually, they're a lot more interesting kind of the rest of the way out. I mean, there hasn't been too many games where the uh, Big 12 has played anyone of significance out of conference. And now they, all those games are coming up. I mean, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, TCU, and Baylor, they're all going to play each other the rest of the way out. So it'll, be, it'll make for exciting television, that's for sure, and I'll be watching closely. Um, but, again, I think all those teams, if they sustain another loss, they're probably out of the, out of the question, out of the picture. So I agree, I agree with you. You know, also what's going to happen, Mark and Chris, is that they're going to have to add, you know, Instead of four teams, they're going to have to go to a two, uh, six or eight because there's too many things that can go, too many questions and too many, you know, one loss here or two loss there or undefeated here or the strength of schedule here or non-conference, you know, if you don't have a conference championship game. There's too many things that still need to be worked out. So, you know, first last year was the first year of this playoff situation, and there's some things that they're going to have to iron out. And with these questions that, you know, that, that, that we all have, they're going to have to add a couple mm-hmm. more teams to this uh, playoff series. Well, and I, and I agree with that. And I, the thing to me is, is that with this current format, there really is not a great motivation to play a super tough out-of-conference schedule. I know that the, the people inside of the committee will lead you to believe that that is the case, but, I mean, it, really, it, it, it kind of kills you. If you end up with two losses, then you're, you're pretty much out of the mix. And so yeah, that behooves you to to not schedule these heavyweights early in the season because you, if you get a loss, then you're you know you have no room mm-hmm. for error the rest of the way. And like you were saying, I mean, if they if they brought it to eight eight teams and just included the conference champion of, of the big five power conferences, and then you know kind of have a few wild cards in there as well, I think that that would lend to you know, providing uh, incentive to play some of these bigger non-conference, uh, you know, uh, out-of-conference games and, and really would create even more interest in, in college football. You know what, Mark? You're absolutely right, but you know what? Even then, it'd still be something wrong with it. <laughs> oh, I know. You know. can't make everybody happy, man. I understand, though, but no, I hope it does go to at least eight teams and, and make it a little more interesting and a little more better, and like you said, opportunities for some of these other schools get in there because it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Exactly. And, I mean, really, the, it's, it's crazy how close a lot of these teams are in just talent and, and on any given Saturday. 
I mean, Temple would be Notre Dame all that they could handle. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame's number five in that list. And I, I think rightfully so. I think Notre Dame's a really good squad. But, I mean, just a team like Temple that comes out of nowhere and can play uh, a national powerhouse like Notre Dame right down to the wire. Uh, there's just a lot of... A lot of chance and a lot of, um, uh, you know, there's just really no certainty when the when the teams take the field. So it'll be really fun to watch, I think, the rest of the way. And, again, I think this season, seems like this season especially, a lot of the really big games are kind of backloaded on the schedule. So there's so many great games coming up. It's going to be really exciting mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah, down That's the stretch, it'll be exciting. Yep. So I'm going to reiterate something you guys just got through saying. You know, we know that games played in November have a way of separating the elite teams from the pack and helping decide the college football playoffs. So based on that, you know, things that I was I was seeing early on with the with the top four, Baylor was supposed to be in there. Are you surprised that they're not there now? Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, yeah, I am. I, I am. Uh, I am. But, but on one hand. Chris, yes, I am. And on the other, I'm not because I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, there's a little surprise here, a little surprise there, but it's not over yet. So all kind of things or anything can happen. But uh, yeah, I was I was shocked that you know Baylor needs to be up in there. But hey, I don't have any control of that. But you know, I don't know. I don't. It's just very interesting to me. It's just interesting to me. You know, I'd go crazy trying to figure out all this mess because the committee can't even figure it out. So I just kind of let it come and let it go. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was surprised as well to see Baylor out of the mix. It, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, their coach Art Browns is very um, almost unapologetic about their non-conference schedule. They really don't play anybody. I think they're tough to team that they played was like SMU, and um, he basically said, you know, if we go undefeated, then we'll be playing in the playoffs, and he's probably right. I think they will probably make it, but it's just, um, I think it's kind of in the long term going to do that, their program, some harm, just uh, um, for one, if they lose any of their Big 12 games, then they're completely out of it, I think. Yep. Um, and two, it's just, uh, it just seems like a uh, um, an unattractive type of situation. I mean, I think if you're a, a, a high school senior and a stud athlete, I think you want to go to schools that are going to play the marquee type games and not just uh, schedule all these cupcakes on their schedule. So um, I, I don't think that's going to be something that's a great long-term uh, deal for him. But they've, they've addressed it many times in the media, and he really is, like I said, unapologetic about them. Um, just uh, getting some easy wins. Yeah, very true. So, guys, this is a great show. Uh, things are going great. Uh, we have to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about that Miami-Duke game that happened on Saturday. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. 
Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Loving the Sports Talk, and this is your host, Chris. Uh, James may be on later on, but if not, hey, we're going to have a great show anyway. So we have our guest, Mark. Are you still with us? Yep, still here. Perfect. And Jerry Robinson, are you still there? All day. Oh, great. So I kind of hinted at what we're going to talk about next. So this was kind of a controversial issue that went on. But Saturday, uh, the Miami-Duke game, during the last play of the game, Miami returned a kickoff with eight laterals for a game-winning touchdown with no time left on the clock. During the replay, you could clearly see that Miami's running back's knee was down before he lateraled to a teammate. Uh, the ACC hand out, handed down a two-game suspension to the officiating crew and the off-field a replay official. Do you think the NCAA, NCAA should have a process to reverse the outcome of a game? Mark? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, something like that, when it's when clearly the, the clock has run out, um, the play is dead at the time of... Uh, the knee going down, and there's nothing else from that point on that can alter the outcome of the game. I think you, there's got to be something to, there's got to be a clause in there to to make it right and to uh, reward the correct team for playing the game. Um, I, it's just a hard, I mean, I can't imagine being a, a Duke fan or a coach or one of the players on that team because um, that was. Uh, it was an unreal play. It was fun to watch. It was amazing. Um, but, again, yeah, his knee was clearly down. The game should have stopped right at that point. And, I mean, I think 
I mean, there's got to be a way that the ACC could award Duke the victory in that game, and they're just not wanting to to set that precedent. And I understand that, but uh, yeah, that's just an absolutely brutal way to to lose a game. What do you think about True. that, Jerry? <laughs> brutal, that's for sure. That is a brutal way. It's an unfair way. I when I saw that, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. After the knee went down, I mean, you had, what bothers me, you have instant replay, okay? Now, if the, if, if the referees on the field don't get it, someone qualifies, supposed to be in a position <laughs> to make a judgment call, to make a call. If we can see it on TV, if the announcers during the game can see it on TV, and... The person, wherever they were, I don't know New York, I don't know where, whoever the head man was that was ruling on the replay, you can't tell me he didn't see that? Or, I'm sorry, I would have picked up a cell phone and said, look at him, man, you need to look at this real close. Not only, not only was the knee down, look at the five or six people getting blasted in the back. Oh, by the way, check out the brother running on the field from the sideline with his helmet off. <laughs> Hold on oh a second God. here. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. there's so many Seriously. things that happen with that, you know, and it's like I feel horrible for Duke. I really do, you know, but there's nothing that they can do. You can't, you know, I, I, I understand it would be nice if they could overturn it. You can go ahead and win it, but you just you can't do that because then you start questioning. You have to go back and start looking at a lot of other different things. This is an unfortunate incident. I feel horrible for Duke. I feel like this. Okay. If you're the replay officials, okay, if you're responsible, this is your responsibility, you know, they were suspended for what, two games? Is that without games, pay yep. or is that just suspended? Yep. You know what I mean? Suspended, if you hit yep. somebody in the pocket in the wallet, <laughs> that's when they start to pay attention, just like in the NFL. You are yep. late for a meeting or you don't show up to practice or you miss a team plane or a team bus or whatever it may be, they start to take money out of your pocket. That gets your attention. If it doesn't get your attention as a ball player, it will get your wife's attention because you're taking thousands of dollars away from her shopping her shopping spree. <laughs> so with, if anybody's going to be suspended, they should be suspended without pay because you've got to understand, this, out, this, this decision and ruling that was made, that could have a huge impact on what happens at the end of the, at the end of the season because it might determine somebody's bowl opportunity. And as we all know, all the bowl games, what they mean is money. That means revenue to the school and revenue to the conferences. So I thought it was horrible. I felt bad. Someone had mentioned the fact they said, "Well, maybe, uh, maybe Miami will just forfeit." Hell no, Miami's not going to do that. It's not Miami's job <laughs> no. to do that. No, the people that screwed it up. They got to stand there and say, you know, hey, admit it, they made a mistake, and they can't go back and declare Duke as the winner, unfortunately, as we all know that yeah. Duke should have been the winner. Yeah, well, and the, very true. the other part of that was just the the kind of Keystone Cop uh, <laughs> way that the refs handled that. I mean, it was like a nine-minute delay, which is unbelievable, and you, I mean, if you're a Miami or if you're a Duke fan watching that and it's, if it's going nine minutes and you, I would think you're probably feeling pretty good about it because you've got nine minutes of uh, watching that guy's knee hit the ground and watching guys, you know, there was a flag thrown for a, you know, a block in the back 
that they ended up taking, taking, you know, picking up the flag on. And it, again, replay clearly showed that there was three or four of those on the field. So it was just, uh, I think the, the way that it was handled made it way worse. Uh, I mean, if it was something where they just came back with a quick decision, you know, a minute or two, like a normal replay would be, then, uh, then I think it would be a little easier to live with. But the mm-hmm. fact that they looked at that film for nine minutes, and and came up with that uh, decision. I think that just shows you how yeah, bad that, does, that does not that, that is really it. Because like you said, you sit there you know, while they're, they're reviewing, they're reviewing, they're looking at, it, looking at. It. <laughs> what are you looking at? Then you're not looking at the same tape. The millions of people are watching. I mean, you know, Stevie Wonder could have made a call on that one. <laughs> yeah, it was it was absurd. It really was. And and uh, I mean, it was such a cool play to watch. And. Uh, it, it would have probably gone down as one of the you know top two or three innings of all time if it wasn't uh, tainted by by the officials on that, and, and it should have never even happened. So there's that. No, hey Chris, let me ask you a question. We're gonna okay. What do you think about that? Because I know I know how you're a big huge sports fan. I know. Did that bother you? Absolutely, it bothered me. But you know, if if you think back pre. Um, um, instant replay. I mean, there was calls that were blown left and right. So, I I, I don't know. I I mean, yes, there should be something that that happens to them. Uh, you know, to who? You know, not it just to who? the referees and the, the replay, replay people. Yes, absolutely. Something something should happen. They either you know lose their ability to ever ref a game again, but plays like this are gonna gonna keep happening. You know, they're gonna they're gonna get blown. Right. You know, you know, regardless they, they, they of what happens, long, but how how do they how do they fix you, it in the future? If you have to pay a big price for something, a mistake. Yes. You think twice about making that mistake again. <laughs> you go. That's true. I mean, if I made a huge mistake like sure that in my job, I'd be out. So you know, I just you know now that it now that it has happened, I'm sure that any situation similar to that that comes up from this point forward will definitely uh, probably be ruled correctly. I would guess yeah, so. Again, I would, I mean, I would really yeah, assume I mean, what, that the NCAA is going to stand in on that. From awarding Duke the win on that. You know what I mean? Like what, I mean, is, there, is, is that past their authority? I wouldn't think it, w- it would be. Um, yeah, something I read about know, that, I think, they, they're unable to do that at this point. Right, but I mean, I, I wonder if that's something that, that we're going to see, um, you know, that kind of power given to the conferences or the NCAA or some kind of oversight committee because, uh, yeah, it just seems so unjust for, for them to, uh, and it's a very unique play. Again, it's, you know, it's no time left, obviously, and a, a clear uh, indicator of, of uh, the, the knee being down and, the game should be ending at that point in time. So I think it's it maybe once a, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime type deal, but I wonder if, if some of those uh, conferences might include a clause to to help uh, remedy a situation that occurs here in the future on that. Very true. Very true. Well, you know what? Hey, Chris, hi, you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you know what? That, that's just such a, that's a tough call because, you know, it's very difficult. I mean, when the game is over, it's over. When it's over, it's over. And... That's the way it should be. That's why they got to get it right. They should take as much time as they have to in a situation like that to view and review all angles and all possibilities because the decision is a decision. 
And it was unfortunately a Duke. Duke was on the wrong side of this unfortunate uh, mistake that was made. But it really they really need to. There needs to be a, the clause is you know what take as much time. Not only just don't just put it on just one person in the replay booth. Maybe you need a couple of people. You know you got to you got to check each other, check and balance each other out of this whole thing because you don't want to be that one person that makes that call like he made. And for the rest of his life, he's going to be remembered as the dude that just screwed up the Miami Duke call. So I think really? they need more people involved in, in making a decision like that. Yeah, that, well, that, that that's a very good, very good plan. You know, maybe maybe we can write something up to the NCAA. <laughs> so yeah, and so, you know, I think the NFL, the way they do it, they have a kind of their whole system there in New York. Where everything goes to their replay folks that strictly deal with replay. And, uh, yeah, that seems to have worked pretty well, you know, to have, uh, just kind of a streamlined deal where there's people just looking at uh, plays and they're not really tied to the, to that particular game. Um, and they, you know, I don't know. It, no, you know what, you know, hey, you know Mark, that, that's, 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 that's the most honest way to do it. As long as you're not tied to anything here, I don't have, you know, I'm just here to rule what's supposed to be. You know, I, don't, it's not, right. I have nothing to do with this conference. I don't have any kids on this team. It doesn't even matter. And, uh, you know, and the sad part of it is that since this whole thing has gone down, um, there are people that come up to me talking about, do you think the game was fixed? I'm like, no, man. You know what I mean? I just don't want people that are watching the game to think that this game that there's something shady about it because it looks that way. That's how bad it is. You know, it's bad for the game. You know, college right. football is, is exciting sport. It's, un, it's unfortunate this thing has happened. And you know yeah, what? Yeah, I, I, I heard a great thing. point. And actually, I think one of the main reasons that the ACC will never overturn it nor the NCAA is because of the whole betting situation in Vegas. Um, all those, as soon as the game becomes final, you know, all the cards that had Duke winning, they're, they're cashing in. Or, excuse me, uh, that had Miami winning that game, you know, they're cashing their tickets in. And it's, <laughs> they're not going to be able to, to refund and do all that. And that, that's the pretty powerful uh, type of lobby is, is uh, you know, Las Vegas and, and they're all the casinos and all that stuff, too. So I think that would create a whole different can of worms. And I think that there's something to that, honestly. Yeah, very true. Well, you, you know what? I think you're, you're absolutely right with that, Mark. You're absolutely right because someone would begin to visit for somebody either named Vinny or Vito or Guido, somebody. <laughs> you're talking about millions and millions of dollars. I was just having fun with it. But, you know, I never thought about Seriously. that aspect of it, that big business of gambling. Oh, yeah. Seriously, yeah, because, I mean, as soon as – I mean, I'm sure you – I don't know if you've been in Vegas, but – I've been there many times, you know, sports betting, and, and you know, as soon as uh, as soon as the game's over with, as soon as it's all zeros, man, your your team lights up as the winner, and you go cash in, and and uh, um, yeah, so that would really, I, I don't even know what the point spread on that game was. I'm not sure if they, and, but when you know when you have uh, there's, there's different ways you can bet different games, obviously. So I'm sure that there was uh, a lot of people that are affected by that very play. And uh, so, anyway, it's just an interesting thought. Very true. All right, guys, we're going to be taking a break here. When we come back, we're going to start talking about a little bit about the NFL. Your 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Loving That Sports Talk, and this is Chris uh, stepping in for James for today. And we have our guest, Mark. You there? Yep, still here. Perfect. And Jerry Robinson, are you there? Uh, yes, I was actually on the other line with the official who made that ruling. At the, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm here. <laughs> That's going to be a long call. Thank you. Yeah, no. Hey, James. I was talking to Vegas. No. <laughs> <laughs> talking to Vegas. Hey, James, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Mark? I'm great. James, how's it going, huh? Good. Did you put a bet in for me in Vegas? <laughs> I would, man. Next time I go, I will. Just let me know. I'll follow your act. Great. So we're going to start up, talking James? about How the doing, NFL. And, uh, Jerry, we just t- touched upon, a p- upon this early in the show. So San Francisco 49ers, they traded their star tight end to, to Denver. Now they're going to bench Kaepernick this weekend. What is going on with their team, and what can they do to turn things around? Mark? Uh, I, I don't think there's much that can be done to turn the team around. Uh, that is a that is a dumpster fire over there in San Fran. That's uh, uh, watching Kaepernick. I mean, it's I, I'm not sure that I've seen a an NFL quarterback regress as much as he had. I mean, he was such a uh, just an amazing athlete and and seemed to really have control of the offense there in his first couple of years and. I don't really know what happened. I don't know if it's uh, if it's the uh, coaching change. I don't think. I mean, he was he was kind of on the decline whenever uh, whenever Harbaugh was at the end of his tenure there. But uh, once, I mean, this year has just been um, it's it's painful to watch. He's uh, and, and it's not all on him, obviously. But um, I think it kind of starts with him and and to 
make the desperation move of uh, getting Blaine Gabbard in uh, kind of tells you where the where they're at as a franchise right now, and it's it's not a good place. True. No, it's Jerry? not. You know, I live up here in uh, in Northern California. Like I said, I got a lot of friends and neighbors that are. And some relatives too. They've made the mistake of being Niner fans. But anyway, it's pretty. It's rough on those people right now. And it's the situation with the Niners. Back when Harbaugh was let go, was fired. Right then and there, I just felt that they were going to have a very difficult time this year. And then on top of that, you had Patrick Willis. You had somebody else that retired. You had people getting traded. People going to jail. People getting traded. It just all kind of things have happened to the 49ers, the worst of the worst. And, you know, as, as, as we all know, the quarterback, he, he becomes your leader of your team. Whether you want it, want it or not, he has to be the leader of that team because uh, as he goes, so does it, so does the team. And I just don't feel that the guys on that team have a lot of respect for Kaepernick. I don't know. You know, during the offseason, he made a couple of stupid, silly uh, responses, responses to people on Twitter and Facebook and this and that. And it's like, dude, you are our quarterback. you got to lead us. You should know better than that. There's been some things that he's said, some things that he's done. He's played, he obviously hasn't played very well at all this year. I mean, they showed from the last game when the wide receiver was wide open. No one was even covering him in the last game. And, you know, that seemed to be the last straw. There's a lot of things. You can't blame it all on Kaepernick. Uh, but, you know, right now, when, when I saw Vernon Davis, I was looking at TV, and something flashed across the bottom. I was watching one of these sports shows, and it said, Vernon Davis traded to somewhere. And I saw a B, the letters B and R. So what I did, I went back. I said, is this the Browns? And then I, I went back and replayed it. It was traded to the Broncos. I'm like, oh, my God, the hackers doing the whole planet right now is Vernon Davis. And so Vernon goes, and then they benched. Uh, Kaepernick. So what it says to me is that there's there's a lot more going on in that 49er organization in the locker room that, that, that we all know about because it very seldom, I mean, I've never heard of them taking uh, uh, someone they've given all that money to, you know, and has been their quarterback to just putting him on the bench to be replaced by Blaine who was what he's zero and ten in his in his in his, in his, in his uh, NFL career. So the last ten games he played, he hasn't won one of them at all. I mean, it's like seems like they're throwing in the towel. I don't know if that's the move or they're just gonna maybe it's for Kaepernick. You know what, brother? Check it out. We're gonna sit you down for a minute. I want you to sit back and watch what's going on here. And sometimes, you know. People need to be knocked off of a throne or where, however that he feels about himself. I don't know. I don't know what he thinks of himself, but obviously they don't feel very highly of him. But sometimes just to be, come on. I mean, the dude just got, he just lost his job. Now we're going to find out, in my eyes, we'll see if Kaepernick is a fighter or not because that, that move that they're making, that the 49ers are making, it's not a permanent thing uh, unless Blaine all of a sudden miraculously starts winning games, but he hasn't won in the last 10 tries. So it's going to be up to Kaepernick to see how he handles himself. You know what I mean? If he's going to be somebody that's going to be disgruntled, pissed off in the locker room, not being a team player, you know, because if that's the case, he's going to definitely be out of there. So right now the 49ers, you know, they're just, they, they, they've made this, this turnaround. And it all started. And oh, just another thing that really bothers me about the 49ers, if y'all don't mind me saying this, it's like, okay, 
how old is York? 35 years old? Okay, here you go. You hire a man named Harbaugh to come in. He comes in in the first three years he's there, the only three years he's been there. You have been in, what, a, a, a conference championship game, a Super Bowl game, and another one like that, and he has done things. Harbaugh, I'm speaking about, has done mm-hmm. things for the 49ers that the 49er fans and organizations, they're used to from the days past. And he gave people hope. And then all of a sudden, you snatched that from him because as a 35-year-old owner or one of the owners of the team, you have a hard time with, with, with the man's whatever, his personality, whatever it is. If it was up to me, I wouldn't care. Just go out there and win some games. Well, yeah, I know I'm like long-winded, that. y'all. Please forgive me, but it's just it's a lot I had to say. Get off my chest. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just let you live out there. Keep doing in there. But, yeah, I, I totally agree, man. It's... Uh, you know the the egos of these uh, these guys that are just so wealthy and are used to being the decision makers in life. I mean, you look back. I mean, not go too far back, but you know the whole Jerry Jones, Jimmy Johnson situation oh. back back then. I mean, it's just, it's almost. I mean, it's, Jimmy Johnson obviously had more success because he won a few Super Bowls and everything, but. Very similar in that, uh, you know, it seemed like the owner just couldn't handle Harbaugh getting all the press and and uh, getting all the credit for, for how good they were. And, uh, uh, again, man, if you're if – you, if somebody is that successful, you're going to have to be able to take a little bit of that and, and uh, just uh, check your ego at the door. And if something is working, it's working. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he didn't seem to be able to do that and – Cut him loose, and yeah, it's been an unmitigated disaster since Harbaugh's been out of there. Yeah, it was. You know what? It wasn't broke. There was nothing that was broke. I mean, they were trying to fix something that wasn't even broke. Now Wilson, you got a whole bunch of. <laughs> yeah, you're broke, all right. <laughs> you're broken down. Your team, you know, you got guys that don't even want to be there. I mean, Vernon Davis didn't even want to be that. That you know, that's to me, that says a whole lot, man. When you get somebody, man. One of your one of your one of your your main players, you know, when he can publicly say, you know, I don't really want, I don't want to be here anymore. I just don't want to be here because he doesn't like what's going on in in the, in the organization. Doesn't like what's going on with the offense, and obviously, there are some issues that probably some other players have with Kaepernick too. Well, you know what, Kaepernick? Now you get a chance to sit back, man. You get a chance to sit back and see the opportunity that you had, okay? You haven't blown it, brother. You've just, we're going to, you know, you're just going to get, you've been benched, you know? Yeah, I don't know yeah. what that feeling is like, but I can imagine what it's like. I mean, I would never want that to happen to me. I wouldn't, you know, and if it ever happened to me, I probably, probably would have taken a real deep, long look at myself, you know, and I wouldn't be blaming anybody else. I have to say, what is it I have to do to get better to make this team uh, a better team and to be the best teammate that I could possibly be. Uh, absolutely. I think Tom Sula was kind of put in a, an impossible situation. Like you had mentioned earlier, all the injuries and you had, what, Borland, Chris Borland ended up uh, retiring after, what, two years in the league. Uh, one of the better linebackers. They had another, I think one of their old linemen also yep. uh, retired as well. So, you know, because of the concussion situation and, uh, uh, I mean, just crazy to have a couple of guys quit like that, and then uh, again, all the injuries and just the turmoil in the uh, front office. And uh, man, it's uh, it's, it's, it's pretty painful. And then Reggie Bush goes and t- 
tears his ACL on the concrete over in St. Louis. That was a that was just a icing on a a terrible cake. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say, hey Nick, Chris, tell me you just go through the break to the end. But I want to say something that Jerry mentioned. You too, Mark. Jerry, you said if it ain't fixed on brick, you know, it ain't broke. But Forty uh, Nine was wrong anyway. Alex Smith got hurt. He was winning, and then they gave that spot to Casanova. They was wrong anyway. Alex Smith should have got that job back. The 49ers should have gave him his job back. You don't lose your job on injury. He was winning. Then they gave that job to Casanova. Come on. Alex should have got that job back. You guys don't agree with that? You know what, Deb? I, I tell you something. I, 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 I agree with that. That's, that. that's the old school. It's always been that way. When you came through and I came through, that's the way, that's the way it used to be. But things have changed. They, they really have. And what the Niners did, you know, when Kaepernick came in, he just played so much better, and they were on the move. I agree with you 100%. I, I really do. I've never known anybody to lose their job because they were hurt. You know, that's kind of like, you know, in baseball, they got all these different, you know, codes and, and this and that. Is, you know, they, well, football, we do, so do we. You know, you don't lose your job because you are injured. And you know what? This, this might be the payback for all of that, James. Wasn't uh, wasn't Alex Smith like ten and two or something like that? Whenever he got injured, um, he was good. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was moving the ball, and and uh, I think. And again, you guys could speak to this way more than than I ever could. But I would think that when you have such a high profile position change like that in the middle of the season, when things are going great, you know, then you kind of you can create some some friction in the locker room too. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of Alex Smith guys that were were, you know, pretty ticked off about yeah. that. And uh and again, um or, you know, on on the contrary, there's probably guys that wanted to speak up and get a shot. But you know what you um, know what, Mark, you you hit it on the head because what happens is you, you can't divide your locker room. And that locker room, man, that that's the that's something you don't mess with. Do not mess with that locker room because when guys start to feel, you know, you've done somebody wrong, um, people start taking sides, you know, and, and that could have had an effect too, man. And like I said, that, that, that part right there is true. Now, you got uh, Kaepernick, man. That locker room is divided. He, you know, <laughs> he helped divide it too. You know, I'm serious. Some of his press conferences just kill me, man, because I live out here and I see a lot of them here. I see stuff in the newspaper and I hear him on the radio, this and that. And I just, I wouldn't want that dude being my quarterback. I just, I'm sorry. You're the face of my organization and my team. The way you act and some of the things that he has said. Uh, just didn't sit right with me, and I've been retired since 1992. So I can imagine how some of those guys on on, on that team, man. So like you said, once that locker room got you know got divided with, with Alex Smith, but 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 they got real happy because when Cal and Kaepernick came in there, they were on a roll, man. You know, they were on a roll. But people do not forget about how you treat other players in that locker room. These players don't forget it. Right. Uh, that's so true. Very true. So, guys, we're going to talk a little bit about there's four undefeated teams left in the NFL. Patriots, yeah. Cincinnati, Broncos, and Panthers. Which team do you think has the best chance of going undefeated this season? Jerry? I'm going with the Patriots. 
<laughs> I just they're just pissed off. They're just they're in that mindset and they're in that mode. And there's one thing about Bill Belichick. There's a couple things about Bill Belichick, actually, but one thing is for sure, this man knows how to win football games. He always seems to find something to exploit on the other team, whether it's offense or defense or special teams. I mean, he's just he's brilliant like that. And, you know, the Patriots are a team that beats themselves. And they're, they're on, in my opinion, they're, they're, just, they're on a mission. They're, they're on a mission. You know, the other teams are out there too. But I just, I don't know, for some reason, I, I hate to say it, but it's the Patriots in my opinion. Yeah. What about the, what, what do you think about the the, the Broncos uh, um, and and the Green Bay this past weekend? I mean, Broncos defense was pretty I love, dominant. You know what? I just, hey, I'm like that. Defense. Uh, being a linebacker, I gotta always go with the defense. I mean, that defense is is rather seven and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, Peyton's having some 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 issues and some struggles here and there, but the way that Denver Broncos get after your butt playing defense. It, it, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to to watch. You know, Cincinnati, to me, I'm happy for Cincinnati. But, you know, we're all sitting here waiting to see what they're going to do in the playoffs. Okay, well, now. <laughs> My, you, uh, the Denver Broncos, their defense was, was, was pulling them through. And, Jerry, can you imagine this year how much pressure is going to be on Andy Dalton that first playoff game? I mean, it's going to be insane and it has been it's been building up and building up and you know this year is obviously I mean they they are, are definitely playing a lot better than they have in any 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 previous year and they look like they look like the real deal and he's played really well but man he is going to be uh he's going to have a, a certainly um uh just the, the weight of the world on his shoulders and and in the past, he, he it doesn't seem like he's responded well in those kind of situations. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if he's found the found the formula. And um, I, I think it's going to be one of those deals. If he breaks through and, and wins that first playoff game, then man, he's just going to be loose and free, and, and and they'll play great. But man, getting by that first one is going to be tough. Well, you know what? That's that's what it is. You know, <laughs> here we go. It doesn't matter. The Cincinnati Bengals could win all their regular season games. I don't. It doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. Everybody's still thinking about what are they gonna do in the playoffs. You know. You know, Mark. That I mean, like you said. You know. I hope they. I hope they go. I hope. I hope, I hope they win a couple uh, playoff games. I really do. But from the past history. You know, we, we're still like, okay, I'm glad that the Bengals are undefeated. Uh, but at some point, you know, it's not going to matter because when they get to the playoffs, that's the point when people reflect upon their, their, their past history. And they're like, oh, my God, here they go again. But I hope they surprise everybody. I really do. Exactly. And, then, I mean, if he, when he, I, I say if, uh, but I probably should be saying when he throws his first kick in that game, you know, it's just going to magnify everything. And, and uh, yeah, that's crazy. But, uh, the other team again. Um, you mentioned all the undefeateds and and the the Carolina Panthers. Man, that is uh, Ooh. that's a good squad, and uh, I love watching those guys play defense. Keekley is is just freaking. He's a freak. He reminds me a lot of kind of Erlacher, you know, back in the day. Um, and uh, they're not getting a whole lot of whole lot of love, but. Uh, Man, that's a good squad. And I, I, no, you know Cam Newton is having a great year. I was, I, 
I agree with you with that with that uh, with the Panthers, man. They just they're not getting a whole lot of love, you know. I mean, you even hear Cam talking about it. You hear Keekley talk about it. It was an ugly win, but you know what? <laughs> I'd rather take an ugly win than a beautiful loss any day. And that team right there, you know what? They've gotten better. I mean, Cam Newton is amazing to me. You know, he he six what he six five two fifty something like that. That's a huge. And the boy, and the brother can run, and he's gotten smarter, man. And uh, I'm pulling for I'm, I'm pulling for the Panthers, man. You know, I mean, hey, they're still undefeated. You know, we can't take that away from them. And yeah, uh, and they've, yeah, they've so, won like what fourteen out of fifteen games or something crazy like that. And they just and I mean they they. Uh, they gave Seattle a run for their money, you know, in Seattle last year in the playoffs. And I know they didn't have a great regular season record, but they're, it seems to me like they're kind of a team built for the playoffs. And, you know, Cam can just catch fire or just be on a roll where he's, you know, picking up first downs with his feet. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of a beast to deal with, man, with that defense that they have. Yeah, don't fall asleep on the Panthers. No, definitely <laughs> not. So, okay, so before we go, um, this week the Tennessee Titans fired their head coach, Ken Wisenhunt. You know, basically after losing the sixth consecutive game, he also had a record of 3-20 and during his tenure. Uh, do you think there are any other coaches that are likely to be fired next? Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> yeah, your boy, Sam Sula, is probably, uh, his seat's probably pretty hot, and I think not really rightfully so, but... Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I think he might be the the next one to go. I, I think that's pretty. I think it's been very poor form to to let go of a coach in the middle of the season. Though I really do. I mean, it. It. Uh, yeah. I think it just kind of creates. You know what, Mark? Mark, you know something. Um, yep. Thomas Sula situations like this. I, I, I for some reason I got to assume he's going to be okay because it's such a mess. Okay, yeah. it's, it's such a mess, and it wasn't created by him. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, right. it wasn't created by him, and and the ownership, you know, they have a, a little more, have a whole lot more say-so and control over Thomas Sula than they did of Harbaugh. So, I, you know what, I don't know, but, you know, you That's never true. know. Hey, man, someone can get fired this week. I don't know. I have no idea. I would not be surprised if two more coaches got fired. I don't know which ones it might be, but because I'm not looking at, 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 at the teams right now, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if someone else went. But I don't think it's going to be Tom Sula. It might be Jim Caldwell at, in Detroit, man. There, there you they go. Kind of, yeah, they're good taking call, a good, I mean, uh, Mark, good call. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, they, God, they just laid an egg against Kansas City this week and just didn't even really show up at all. That was, uh, that was really such a bad uh, performance, and, I like him. I like Caldwell, but I I think he might be uh, certainly on the chopping block. And getting back to Tom Sula, though, I mean, do you think that again, getting back to the whole ego thing, you know, I'm just wondering if if you know the the Giants front office is going to want to have a scapegoat and just say you know and kind of you know push the blame from them to uh, as the coach, you know, kind of thing. But you know, I mean. You're you're more dialed in down there in uh, in Northern California well, than I than I you know what, Mark, 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 it's like this though. I mean, uh, you get rid of Thomas Sula, man. Okay, now who wants to come there? Okay, I understand the head coaching right. job, 
But they need to, if the next coach that comes in there, he has to have total control. He's got to be in control of the player personnel. He's got to be control of, you know, in charge of a lot of different things. If not, True. history's going to repeat itself, you know. But uh, right. so hold on a second. Back, 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 back to the to the Colts. You know, I mean, they just what they fired their offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, so that situation that might be the next move to get fired. You know, because Andrew Luck didn't hasn't looked like Andrew Luck except for the last what the last quarter of the last game that they were in. It's like a light switch went on and off, and this dude just started playing ball. He started balling out. I'm like, go ahead. Yep. How's it going, Andrew? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's been a great show as always. We appreciate that, that uh, Mark, that you can come on, and Jerry Robinson, as always, it's great to have you on. So you guys have a great week, and uh, listen in next week. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot. Hey, James, take it easy. Mark, be cool, man. Have a good weekend. All uh, right. You guys just do the same, man. It was great talking to you all. Have a great one. Bye-bye. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.